This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eutelsat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I am Mihaila Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. The G20 foreign ministers have gathered in a closed-doors meeting. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died after being shot in the street by a former member of the Japanese Defense Forces. And with five medals, three gold and two silver, Romania ranks first among the nations participating in the European Junior Swimming Championships. The foreign ministers of the world's largest economies have gathered in a closed-door G20 meeting, overshadowed by the conflict in Ukraine. The meeting, held on the Indonesian island of Bali, has brought together Moscow and its harshest critics for the first time since the start of the war in Ukraine. At the meeting of the G20 ministers, which is also attended by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, the High Representative of the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell, called on all participants to help end the war, restore Ukraine's sovereignty and ensure that global repercussions are limited. Retnomar Sudi, the Foreign Ministers of Indonesia, the G20's host country this year, called for an end to the war in Ukraine in the presence of his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. It's our responsibility to end the war as soon as possible and resolve our differences at the negotiating table, not on the battlefield, Retno Marsudi said. In reply, Sergei Lavrov accused the West for the lack of an armistice with Ukraine. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died from his injuries after being shot in the street by a former member of the Japanese Defense Forces, the Japanese public broadcaster NHK reports. Abe, aged 67, was delivering a campaign speech near a train station in the western Japanese city of Nara when he was the target of an armed attack. Armed violence is extremely rare in Japan, where firearms are banned. Shinzo Abe was the longest-serving Japanese prime minister in history. He led the Japanese executive from 2006 to 2007 and then from 2012 to 2020. He resigned two years ago on health grounds. An interconnector between the gas pipelines in Greece and Bulgaria, which becomes operational today, gives Romania access to other natural gas resources in an international context in which it becomes increasingly likely that Moscow will stop deliveries to the European Union.
Romania will be able to help other states in the region reduce their dependence on Russian gas, said Prime Minister Nikolae Chuka in Athens, where he paid a working visit and met with his Greek counterpart Kyriakos Mitsotakis. More on this after the news. President Klaus Johannes has signed the decree appointing Petre Daya as Minister of Agriculture and Rural Development. On Wednesday, the leadership of the Social Democratic Party voted unanimously for Petre Daya to return to the Ministry of Agriculture. The former minister, the deputy Adrian Keshnoyo, retired from office and suspended himself from the Social Democratic Party as the National Anti-Corruption Directorate requested his criminal investigation in a case in which he is accused of abuse of office. He claims that he did not commit any act of criminal nature or corruption and asked his colleagues in the Chamber of Deputies to vote for the lifting of his immunity, which happened at the end of last month. Police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 21 years in prison by the U.S. federal justice for violating the African-American George Floyd civil rights, France Press reports. The 46-year-old former police officer had already been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for murder by Minnesota state justice, but appealed the sentence. On May 25, 2020, in a Minneapolis police operation, Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. The African-American man died in the incident. The footage of the crime, which went viral, sparked widespread protests against racism and police violence in the United States. And now news from sports. After three days of competition at the European Junior Swimming Championships in Otopen near Bucharest, Romania climbed to the first place in the country rankings with five medals, of which three gold and two silver. This afternoon, David Popovic, 17 years old, the new double world champion in seniors in 100 and 200 meter freestyle, will swim in the final of the 50 meter freestyle event and Aisia Claudia Prisecariu in the final of the 200-metre backstroke. We recall that Thursday was a very good day for Romania. Vlad Stanku managed a new performance, winning the 1500-metre freestyle. Vastanku is the second gold medal after the one won with the 4 times 100 metre relay, a triumph to which David Popovic, Stefan Kozma and Patrick Dinu also contributed. Also yesterday, Bianca Costa managed to win a silver medal in the 50-metre freestyle. On Wednesday, David Popovic won his second gold medal in this competition, winning the final of the 200-metre freestyle. And that was the news from Bucharest, Radio Romania International. Romania has come up with alternatives to curbing its reliance on Russian oil and gas. I'm Vlad Palku with a report by Bogdan Matei. With significant reserves of oil and gas, Romania is less reliant on Russia in this respect compared to other countries in the free world, and thus less vulnerable to Moscow's unpredictable power plays. The Black Sea is home to large quantities of natural gas, with an untapped estimated volume of 200 billion cubic meters. The largest volume is found in the Neptune Deep Perimeter, currently exploited by the Romanian state-owned enterprise Romgaz and the Austrian company OMV Petrom. The country also has a relatively new nuclear power plant at Chernavoda in the southeast, with two functional reactors and another two that are currently operationalized. <laughs> 
Our country has wind farms as well as generous hydrographic network, favoring the building of hydroelectric power plants. Apart from these assets, Romania also has robust partnerships with EU and NATO member states, who are also taking steps to secure their energy independence from Russia. Greece has recently inaugurated a hub for storing and transporting natural gas, which will cover not just its domestic demand, but will also help provide natural gas to other countries in the region, the Prime Minister of Greece, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, said on Thursday on the sidelines of his meeting with the Romanian counterpart Nicolae Ciuca. The two officials discussed about the gas interconnector linking Greece to Bulgaria and which is expected to transport up to 3 billion cubic meters of gas per year. The gas will be transported from Anatolia in Turkey or from the Adriatic Sea all the way to Bulgaria and Romania. Prime Minister Ciuca said Bucharest in turn will be able to redirect the gas transports to its eastern partners, the former Soviet republics of Ukraine and Moldova, whose pro-Western regimes have often been pressured by the Russian Federation, which uses its gas exports to these countries as leverage. Also on Thursday, Prime Minister Nikolai Ciuca met with John L. Hopkins, the president and CEO of the American company NuScale. The White House announced on June 26 that the United States government and the Oregon-based company will offer 14 million US dollars to support engineering and feasibility studies aimed at helping Romania build an SMR power plant. The small modular reactor technology is not currently used in Europe, and the former thermal power plant in Doicest, Dumbovica County, has been selected to host the first of the six modules expected to be built. Romania wants to become a regional hub for producing energy using SMR technologies, and the authorities have promised the first unit will be finalized by 2030. And that has wrapped up our newscast. Next in this program, sports. Welcome everyone to Sports Weekend. I'm Vlad Palku. Romania won five medals in the first three days at European Junior Swimming Championships hosted by Otopeni, Romania. The men's 4x100m relay team won gold in the freestyle event. David Popovic won gold in a 200m freestyle event while Vlad Stefan Stanku won gold in the 1500m freestyle event. The 4x100m mixed freestyle team won silver, while Bianca Costa also won silver in the women's 50m freestyle event. The competition will come to a close on Sunday. Romanian tennis player Simona Halep on Thursday failed to qualify to the Wimbledon finals after losing 6-3-6-3 to Elena Rybakina of Kazakhstan.
the Romanian will be awarded a 535,000 pound check. In the final, Rybakina will take on Ons Shabur of Tunisia, who ousted Tatiana Maria of Germany in the other semi-final, score 6-2-3-6-6-1. In news from football, FC Voluntar drew one all against Karmiotisa of Cyprus in a friendly match played in Poland. Freshly promoted to the first league in Cyprus and coached by the former head coach of Dinamo Bucharest, Dusan Urin Jr. of the Czech Republic, Karmiotisa scored on minute 19 from penalty kick. Voluntar evened the odds also with a goal scored on minute 78 from penalty kick by Kosmin Akim. The 2022-2023 football season kicks off on Saturday in Romania with the Super Cup match. In a match hosted by Arad, the Romanian champion CFA Cluj will take on Shepsi Svintu Gheorghe, the winners of the Romanian Cup. The team from Kovasna is playing its first Super Cup match. CFR, on the other side, has won the trophy four times in 2009, 2010, 2018 and 2020 and played another four finals. The team from Cluj has already made its debut in inter-club competitions this season. On Tuesday, in the first preliminary round of Champions League, CFR drew nil all against Punic Yerevan of Armenia away from home. The return leg will be played on Wednesday in Cluj-Napoca. You have been listening to Sports Weekend. Our sports items are available at ri.ro and on Facebook. Today's featured artist next in our program is Joanna Ignat, a revelation of televised music competitions. She recently launched the single Call You, or I Wanted to Call You, which is in anticipation of the launch of her new album. This will be ample and creative with ballads, but also dance pieces. The talented young lady has worked on this for the last five years. In addition to her own songs, Joanna Ignat composes for many other artists, collaborating with resounding names in Romanian pop rock music, such as Zwang and Holograf. The song I Wanted to Call You is her third collaboration with Edward Sanda on the creative side, with the interpretation left entirely to Joanna Ignat.
Focus on Romania. The future starts today. Hello and welcome to The Future Starts Today. I am Kalin Kotsoyu. According to World Bank estimates, the quantity of waste generated globally will rise from 2010 million tons in 2016 to 3,400 million tons in 2050. Recycling systems will have to cope with this staggering volume. But how prepared are they to do so? Statistics regarding managing solid municipal waste in the European Union shows that there are major differences between member states, and the most flagrant appears when comparing the stored waste and the recycled waste. The aim is to reduce to a minimum stored waste, which is considered the worst option. But unfortunately, this continues to be the widest used way of getting rid of waste in some member states. In Romania, the practice of collecting mixed waste without separation at the grassroots level is still widespread. At the same time, waste treatment is still at a small scale and only for some waste flows. That is the reason for which Romania is next to last in the EU, with a rate four times lower than the European average, which is situated around 47%. The country missed the aim of reaching a rate of recycling worth 50% by 2020 and now is facing a new threshold, that of 55% recycling by 2025. This is a hard-to-reach rate for Romania, which is still tr struggling to shut down illegal dumping areas. Still, Romania does recycle. Hundreds of tons of European waste are imported for that purpose. For Western countries, the recycling costs in Romania are much more advantageous, while recycling companies have imported selected waste from abroad to compensate for the lack of raw material here. However, under the pretext of recycling, tons of waste reached the country and came to be thrown onto empty fields or illegally incinerated. What Romania needs more than ever is ample awareness-raising campaigns. Recycling is a complex topic which needs rigorous education, according to environmentalists. Talking about this with Radio of Romania, Environment Minister Tanjo Varna said that the most difficult mission may be a change in mentality and recalled a few initiatives by the authorities. 
schimbare de mentalitate la nivelul fiecărui individ este un proces greu și lung. The change in mentality at the individual level is a long and arduous process, which is why we start from a young age. We start in school with the Educated Romania program. We take this information to each classroom, each school, up to the end of the school year. We speak to the children for 10 or 15 minutes. We present to children the importance of selecting waste and the importance of discarding it in dedicated areas. Next year, as part of Green Week, we dedicate a week out of the school year to the environment, not just waste, but also how to behave in forests, how to take care of habitats, of species, and so on. We have to bring this information into schools. It has to reach children, because at their age, there are, they are 10 times, maybe 100 times more receptive towards this information. I hope they end up educating us adults who often behave in an irresponsible, carefree manner. At the same time, the Ministry of the Environment has launched a national campaign for all citizens together with local authorities, institutions and NGOs. Such action comes as agents of the Environment Guard identify almost daily locations where stranded waste is being thrown and no local measures are taken to get it cleaned up. And here is Minister Tan Barna. There are tens of thousands of locations with stranded waste, and the Environmental Guard cannot cope with investigating each and every one of them. We would probably need thousands of people to go street by street, field by field, and forest by forest. Which is why, in order to clean up this country, to clean up Romania, we would need the help of local authorities, first and foremost. Beyond this help, we would definitely need a change in mentality, because once a place is cleaned up, we need to keep it clean. The main goal is selective collection of waste, so that car tires would go in one place, plastics in another, while textiles and other materials reach once again the circular economy, according to the authorities. What is most important is to reduce year by year, day by day, the volume of stored waste, the waste that reaches dumps, because waste is a valuable source of raw materials. At the same time, measures are being taken to manage waste efficiently, also criminalizing more severe violations of code, those which have a significant impact on the quality of the air and the health of the population. You've been listening to The Future Starts Today. Time now for another music break on Radio Romania International. Listen to Esther Peoni and her hit on a Sunday. Hey. 
Next, on Radio Romania International, broadcasting from Bucharest. Expat in Romania. Welcome to Foreign Student in Romania, with me, Eugen Nasta. Hello to all listeners of Radio Romania. My name is Mahdi Wadeh. I am a student with the Yuliu Hatsiganu Medical School in Cluj-Napoca. I was born in Beirut, Lebanon. I lived there for five years. Then I relocated to Syria when I was about six, only to move to the United Arab Emirates when I was like 11. I lived there until I relocated to Romania in late 2020. Mahdi Wardech pursued the year-long preparatory Romanian language program with the Babesh Boy University's Faculty of Letters, the Department of Romanian Language, Culture and Civilization. The preparatory year for me was fun. I like learning foreign languages. I found the Romanian language interesting. It was kind of hard for me in the beginning, but as soon as I got the hang of how to use the words, it was easier. Also, I had very good teachers who helped me reach this fluency level in Romanian. And, as we speak, I always remember the preparatory year and would very much like that year to return. Here is Mahdi Wadeh once again, 
this time telling us why he opted for Romania. As soon as I graduated from high school, I was searching for a quality medical school abroad. I did my research on the internet, found several such schools, and I drew a comparison so that I can take the best option for me. Eventually, I chose Romania thanks to the good ranking. The medical school in Cluj-Napoca is one of the world's few institutions offering a three-language medical studies program in Romanian, in English and in French. In 1997, the institution inaugurated the country's first English-taught section, while in 2000, the French-taught section was inaugurated. Mahdi Wardech pursues the English-taught general medicine program in Cluj-Napoca. He adapted to the academic milieu in Cluj-Napoca quite all right. In the beginning, I didn't have friends or relatives here. But as soon as I've started my study program, I made so many good friends that I consider them my second family. I like the weather in Romania. It is quite similar to that in Lebanon or in Syria. Nature is very beautiful as well. The people are fine and kind and nice. And here it feels like home to me. In his leisure time, Mahdi Wadeh plans new trips together with his friends. Traveling, I can say it is my favorite hobby. In Romania, I traveled to Bucharest, to Brasov, Oradea, Sigishwara. I went to Brancastle and to Constanza. There's one particular city I like a lot, Brasov, because it is more different. Its nature is very beautiful, Mount Tumpa, for instance, and it feels like a very European city. In 2027, Mahdi of Lebanon completes his medical studies in Romania. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to do medicine. The domain fascinated me. And here I am today studying medicine in Cluj-Napoca. Apart from medicine, I should like to open my own business. In the future, a restaurant maybe, because I like to have a business of my own I like to have a plan B. And that was a foreign student in Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in the program, here is music highlights. I'm Eugen Nasta. A legendary harp is the theme of a recital jointly hosted by the Romanian Cultural Institute in London and the Romanian cities of Bistrița, Deva and Bucharest. To begin with, here is the Pane Orjos Kazako trio playing the harp, the piano, the clarinet respectively, performing Fantasy After Rigoletto by Giuseppe Verdi. Thank you. 
Here are harp player Adriana Kazaku, pianist Juana Corjos, and clarinet player Petru Pane once again, with an excerpt from Gabriel Fores Pavan. Percussionist Irina Radulescu was on a national tour over June the 1st and the 18th. A marimba virtuoso, Irina Radulescu had a repertoire made of works by Keiko Abe, Jean Kaczynski, Jovan Neboisha Zivkovic, Anna Ignatovich Glinska and John Satas. Here is Musical Flash Mob, composed and performed by Irina Radulescu, followed by an excerpt from Departures by French composer Emmanuel Sujourne. Performing are Irina Radulescu on the marimba and Razvan Florescu on the vibraphone.
Living Romania. Next in this broadcast, stay tuned for The Book Club. Hello and welcome to a new edition of The Book Club, the show dedicated to Romanian literature in translation. I'm Cristina Mateescu. Today we're going to introduce you to one of the most prominent contemporary Romanian poets, Anna Blandiana, and a collection of her works spanning many decades, now available in English in a volume entitled Five Books, published by Bloodax Books. Stay tuned to find out more about these poems from Anna Blandiana herself, translator Viorica Pata and Bloodax editor Neil Astley, who hosted the online launch of the book. Poet Anna Blandiana enjoys almost a legendary status on the Romanian cultural scene, being one of the most vocal dissidents to the communist dictatorial regime before the latter's collapse in 1989. She remained an outspoken advocate of democracy and freedom after 1989, being actively involved in non-political organizations and civic actions and seen by many as the ethical consciousness of the nation. In 2009, she received the highest distinction of the French state, the Legion of Honor, for her contribution to European culture and her fight for human rights. She is also the recipient of many other literary awards and distinctions, both in Romania and abroad. Her work is translated into dozens of languages, both in independent collections and in magazines and anthologies in the US, the UK, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Finland, China, Japan, among others. The most recent collection of her work to appear in the UK, called Five Books, is published by Bladax and combines translations of five complete collections, three collections of her protest poems from the 1980s and two of her collections of love poetry. The protest poems are preceded by four poems that first appeared in the Amphitheatre magazine in 1984 and which caused a scandal at the time, being considered politically subversive. Blandiana was banned as a result, the journalists fired and the magazine confiscated. One of these poems, called Everything, was even published by the UK daily The Independent, along with detailed explanations for the foreign readers of the subtext of the poem. Speaking at the online launch hosted by Bladax, Anna Blandiana explained why these poems, which may appear like a collection of harmless words to Western readers, were so incendiary and subversive in Romania. The secret was the complicity between the author and the readers. Behind every word there was a story which I knew and I knew my readers knew too. Blandiana went on to give an example involving the communist dictator Nicolae Ceaușescu. An innocent word like cats was a reference to a sensational, tragicomic story about a visit made by Ceaușescu, accompanied as usual by his two enormous Dobermans, to the oldest hospital in Bucharest, dating from the 16th century. The hospital being so old, there were lots of mice around, and because there were mice, there were also cats and the cats attacked Ceausescu's dogs, chasing them away, followed by the secret police guys running after them. Everyone burst out laughing, and Ceausescu, who was furious, decided then and there to demolish the hospital. 
This is a story everyone knew about, and it was enough to say the word cats for readers to understand what you're referring to. The five books collection also features poems from Blandiana's protest series Predator Star and the Architecture of Waves. Bladak's editor Neil Astley explains. Predator Star, which came out in 1985, and the Architecture of Waves in 1990, chronicle a convulsed history and pose the question of how to resist the terror of history. Anna Blandiana's personal destiny ceases to be a concern, and while collective history becomes her obsession, the Architecture of Waves was the last book she wrote under Ceausescu's dictatorship and the first to escape censorship. It continues the themes of the poems of Amphitheatru, analyzing national history and national identity in the light of historical symbols, myths, and the folklore of Romanian literature. A poet who constantly reinvents herself in her work, Blandiana is equally at home producing politically subversive poetry and reflecting on contemporary post-communist society. Clock Without Hours from 2014 is an example of this latter endeavour, containing reflections on life at the start of the third millennium, the human condition and the passing of time. Translator Viorica Patea, who together with Paul Scott Derrick translated Blandiana's poems into English, tells us more about the Clock Without Hours series. It meditates on life at the end of the millennium in a materialistic consumer society. The theme is the passing of time, the degradation in time, which becomes dominant. If before the disappointment of the poet was related to revolt in a political context, now it becomes a meditation on the theme of time, and time becomes the arch enemy. Blandiana casts her gaze on the post-totalitarian Romanian society, and Although these poems are anchored in the realities of her own country, they transcend a specific Romanian context and grow into fundamental existentialist questions. They decry the impersonal communications, the sense of alienation and the depersonalization of modern man. Anna Blandiana is also known for producing beautiful love poems. Two such collections are featured in five books, namely October, November, December and Variations on a Given Theme. October, November, December, first published in 1972, describes love as a mystical state. Translator Viorica Pata. It depicts love as a state of mystical delirium. Uh, these are poems charged with references to the Song of Songs, to Rilke's poems of Orpheus and Eurydice, and also the myths of Romanian folklore. Usually the lovers become alter egos of Orpheus and Eurydice in, in uh, Blandiana's love poems. Uh, we can also read uh, this book as a modern version of Petrarch's Canzoniere, but written from the perspective of Laura. The feminine persona is in love with an otherworldly supernatural character who appears in her dreams and whose identity is very ambiguous. He has no shadow, he walks for water. He carries within him a darkness with which he marks the forehead of his beloved. But he's also born out of the word and he exists only 
while she names and creates him in poetry. Variations on a given theme, which was published in 2018, reads like an elegy, with the poems in this series being composed by Blandiana after the death of her husband in 2016. She says she didn't intend them as poetry, but wrote them as a way of coping with grief. Never in that first year after the death of my husband did I imagine I was writing a book, let alone thinking I was one day going to publish it. I didn't even think of it as poetry. It was more like prayer, like medicine, a form of escape. Writing was doing me good, not only psychologically and spiritually, but also physically, because by writing it felt like I was still communicating with him somehow. Two years later, when the pain had subsided, Blandiana rediscovered the pages she had written in her hour of grief and recognized them as poetry, deciding to publish them in an independent work under the title Variations on a Given Theme. And that's all in the book lab today. We spoke about a new collection of poems by Anna Blandiana entitled Five Books, spanning several decades from the early 1970s to 2018 and translated into English by Paul Scott Derrick and Viorica Pata. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Palku. Today we will be introducing you to Titiana Mihali, a popular folk vocalist from the historical region of Maramures in northern Romania. Listen to her with one of her best songs from her repertoire. Nimeni 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15320 and 17670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>